Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hey, real quick, before we get started, I have a favor to ask. If you've listened to the podcast before, or if you enjoy the episode you're about to hear, please like the podcast on social media, and please leave a review. Having listeners like and review the podcast is the fastest way for it to grow and reach more people, and we really want to share our stories with the biggest audience possible. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Jones Own Real Estate Team. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Fort Mill, Rock Hill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. All right, man, count me down from three. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Today is... uh... January 18th, we survived the snowstorm. Did you survive it, Dave? Yeah, all inch of it. <laughs> where you, where, where'd you grow up? Did you grow up around here? Just outside of Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is nothing to you. Yeah. Up in Pennsylvania, man, yeah. you guys get it pretty good. Uh, I'm a Dakota kid, South Dakota. You got so, it too, didn't you? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we got it hit hard. I always... You walk to school, three feet of snow, uh, fill yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no shoes. shoes. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole drill. All right, so today I'm here with Dave Stibe of Freedom Pet Services. So these guys do pest control, termite control, mosquitoes, moisture, crawl space restoration, all that cool stuff. They do CL100, WDO, WDIR letters, and pretty much anything to do with bugs and pests and all that sort of stuff. So if you guys are looking to uh, handle any of those issues, look into Freedom Pest Services. Dave, welcome to the Jones Zone, man. Good to have you. Glad to be here. So that was... um, a quick brief introduction of, of who you are and what you guys do, but if you don't mind, um, just take a few minutes to share some of your personal story and then some of your professional background and how you got into Freedom Pest Services. Uh, professional background between Pepsi and Canada Dry uh, in manufacturing, production, and quality control. Um, I had 13 years there. Um, it, and, and in that industry, you learn customer service right up front. So Pepsi, the soft drink? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Pepsi out of Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. Um, I was the production manager there. Um, I spent five years with them and seven years with Canada Dry uh, in Philadelphia, Honickman owned, owned corporation. But you just you learn that process, and um, and and I was promoted relatively quickly. And uh, but with Pepsi, the writing was on the wall. They you know every year our budget wasn't to reduce any expense except for labor. So <laughs> right. You, so you're, you're, you know, you're buying $5 million machines that can conjoin two machines and you get to cut a man from first shift and a man from second shift and a man from third shift. And it got down to a shoestring where within the five years I was there, there were you know, five or six department heads and eight supervisors to three department heads and three supervisors. And the shifts had gone from four tens, four days a week, 10 hours a day, um, you know, to 24 hours a day, six, seven days a week. And so I left, um, and got into the automobile industry. I've always had a passion for, for old cars and building, and most importantly, drag racing. Um, that's why I build them to go fast, not to go slow. And um, there was a funeral in Delaware, and I ran into an Orkin executive who, who knew my father. 
we started talking and the next thing I know I was being kind of recruited because uh, of my background in management and uh, and sales and service and uh, spent 10 years with them and got the kids off into college. I was a single parent from 2009. Well, and still, still now my son lives with me. He's a freshman at York Tech. He's going to college at Charleston um, in August or yeah, August or September. And um, spent my 10 years with, uh, with Orkin and knew that I had completed my job theoretically as a parent and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, turned in my resignation and, and Freedom Pest Services was born. Is that how it works? Can I look forward to that when I'm 18? I just, <laughs> when he turns 18, just like, all right, here's my letter of resignation. I, you know, it, it, I think I was in a unique position, um, having not really lived uh, an extravagant life, even though I had a you know, good salary. I just, I kept my bills down to a house and it made it relatively painless to walk out the door. I mean, don't get me wrong, I called both kids, get student loans, I'll figure this out in five years. Um, so, and they're both doing that, we'll be, I mean, we'll be fine. Cool, man. So, all right, that's a little bit professionally. What about personally, man? You, so you grew up in Delaware? Yep, grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, uh, hometown of DuPont. Um, As in, that's not DuPont, that's in the, is that, yeah. that's where the DuPont folks oh, are Oh, that's from? where the first original gunpowder mills were. There's still signs on the Brandywine River there. It says, do not consume any fish. <laughs> no um, kidding. Oh, yeah. no you kidding. eat the fish, wow. you blow at night. <laughs> um, uh, unless you want to become fluorescent. Right. You better stay away from this stuff. So, um, you know, born and raised sports were um, swimming and baseball, uh, a little bit of basketball in eighth grade. Um twin brother, uh, divorced family. Uh, my parents were split by the time I was 14 or something like that, but had a very, very successful father. Um, millionaire by 35. Oh wow, what he did? Developing, you know, okay. buy land, modify the lots, build a few houses, sell the remaining lots as modified lots where another builder can just come in and stick frame them and be done. The sewer was already in and all that stuff. That's what he did uh, and did very well at it. And then that industry tanked and you know, I think he kind of wanted to go down with it, and he kind of never recovered from that. So, yeah, you know. interesting. A twin brother, dude. You got to elaborate on that. What is that like? My my brother is two and a half years uh, younger, and we're we were close as brothers that age could be. But I, I mean, a twin brother, dang. It, well, I mean, we're fraternal, um, so there there's always been vast differences between us. I mean, you know, here it is. I went to college for two years. He went for four, and then three for law school. Uh, he's a deputy attorney general right now in Delaware handling all the Freedom of Information Act stuff. Uh, we just weren't close. You know, different groups of friends, different lifestyles. I loved cars and, and he didn't. And, you know, he was into the frat scene and the partying and I was up in Philly drag racing for 500 bucks a, a race. You know, we were, I think we were both doing some illegal stuff. Um, so, my, you know, I just did mine sober. Um, but just two completely different lifestyles. Uh, we've reconnected since my father passed in 2008. We're a lot closer now than, uh, than I think we ever were. Um, but I mean, you know, just different groups of friends, different passions, different ambitions. Um, but it was somebody to come home to every day. It was typically somebody to argue with and fight. I don't think I ever won in a fight against him and I tower over him. Okay. So, oh, a physical fight, you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a wrestler. I was a swimmer. You yeah, know? he was like all wiry oh, and grappling. I know. I know. He could tie me up in a knot on the or pretzel <laughs> on the floor in about 32 seconds. Yeah, you don't mess with wrestlers. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I have a rule where, like, the first thing I look for, if, if there's any sort of confrontation, is I look for some, I look at someone's ears. <laughs> the like, the, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, is this guy, is this guy going <laughs> to MMA, MMA me up right here in front of everybody? Um, that's cool, man. So, all right. So you grew up in Delaware. Mm -hmm. 
you got into uh, we got all the way up into to Orkin. Mm-hmm. At what point did you come down to the Carolinas? And... In, with Orkin in, oh, okay. in two thousand seven, they relocated myself, my wife at that time, who's now my ex-wife. We relocated to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, roughly about two years of training before Orkin is willing to give you your own operation. Um, so we moved down in July of two thousand seven. And my first assignment was January the 1st, 2010 in Florence. What's an assignment? That's when they give you a branch? They give you a relocation package in your own operation. You you know, you have to be the license holder in the operation. You have to conduct all the training and and all the recruiting and all the hiring. Um, So my first operation was in Florence. It was was a disaster when I got there, and it was an easy fix. You just treat people well. You know, you respect them. You hire hard. You know, know, you can't hire bums. Um, you know, my number one interview process is to close my eyes and my ears. What do you sound like? You know, and in some areas of the country, you know, that country bumpkin talk is that, you know, that's what's expected. You get out of the remote areas, you know, Bennettsville, Chiral. Um, but I just, I just looked for neutrality when, uh, you know, when I'm interviewing somebody, are they engaged? Do they make eye contact? Um, you know, they don't have to be articulate and use big words. They just, they have to speak well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and somebody that's, that's cordial, that I knew I could train and trust operating under my license. And uh, I mean, it, it was easy. And then my kids down in Florence, you know, they get into that school system down there and it's, it's really wasn't the influence that I wanted for my children. I called my boss, I said, hey, get me out of here or I'm gone. I just, I need better schools. And he said, you want to go to Fort Mill? And then he said, I'll make it happen. And, now where does he live or um he lived in Columbia that's where okay. that's where the regional office that's like was the southeast South region Carolina. or yeah. something okay um so he lived there i mean they i was treated very well by work in the entire 10 years that i was here i i really i don't have any complaints the hours um are a bit ridiculous it's a publicly traded company so it's kind of all about the return on investment for our stockholders so you lose that personal touch but one of the great things about Oregon um, that they did was, you know, every year they came in and they, they interviewed every single solitary employee. How, how's the atmosphere in here? How does Dave teach? How does the service manager at that time, it was Charlie Bianco, retired NYPD. You know, how do they treat you? How do they get along? Any animosity? You know, can you walk through the door with a smile on your face and leave with a smile on your face? And that's the environment that Oregon, listen, if you can't create that environment, you can't run an Oregon operation. Yeah. It, it was that simple. Those, those, surveys that those employees took cost more branch managers their job during the 10 years that I was there than anything else. There was never gross misconduct. I mean, we had background check, criminal record check, FBI check, registered sex offenders list check, motor vehicle check, all that stuff, and drug test every year. You know what's interesting is that when you think of Orkin, and and I think this can, can go to any industry, really, I think the first associated thought you have is who the you, the boots on the ground, right? Like, so the guys that are actually coming out to the house. But within these companies are these amazing structures and operations people. And, I mean, I was just kind of listening to you say that. And you went through two years of training and mm-hmm. you stepped in. At, like Fif- you, Fifteen entomology credits from correspondence courses from Texas A&M. They wanted us to know, understand the science. Pest control is a science. Yeah. It, you know what? One of my, my region manager, Craig Stevens, I love him. He was the first person to recruit me. But I remember one of the first branch manager meetings, the very first thing he said is, you guys all in here, I mean, this is train the trainer. you got to know what the bugs are, how to kill them. And he said, everybody in here, raise your hand. Okay, can you treat somebody without diagnosing them? Keep your hand up if you think you can. Right, it's, it's, it's malpractice. Pesticides is the exact same way. 
I mean, people in today's markets, oh my God, you came into my house, you didn't spray anything. Why, the bugs are outside. Why would I expose you mm -hmm. and the dogs and the babies? You have a three-year-old. Why would I expose you to preventative chemicals that belong outside? So you, Oregon really, really wanted you to understand the science. And that's where, when you leave Oregon, like I did, every possible tool you need in your tool chest you have. If not, you were lazy. And so they put the quote-unquote corporate leaders through all the trainings that the guys on the on, in the front lines go through. Yep. So you had to learn. They plucked you right out of the uh, automobile Absolutely. industry and taught you everything about bugs. And yeah. What'd you call it? Ephthalmology? Ephthalmology. Yeah. Entomology. Entomology? Yeah. That's the study of... Of bugs. <laughs> of bugs. Of bugs. So what was that like? Was, it, was that just... You, you know, it was neat. Um, it, you know, they kind of put you on a program. You know, if you the quicker you get done this training, and like I said, it was vast. I mean, I remember the day I got there, the printout sheet of everything that I had to accomplish. Number one, before I could even go into the field and work with a technician for the first time and pull the trigger on a, on a sprayer, everything that they made you learn and go through. But I mean, those pages, I mean, it was probably 15 pages long. He was like, and if you can do this in a year, you can have your own operation in a year. It took me about 18 months and where I thrived was on the termite side. I had been in construction. My dad was in construction. I loved it underneath of houses. And that's where the majority of the issues are. People. I mean, they don't have annual crawl space inspections, and there's... I, listen, when I get under a house, I don't call it mold. It's, it's wood-destroying organisms. It, it's, it's wood decay. It's, it's active. It's, not, it's moisture, but it's not necessarily mold, because it's, it's not really doing anything but decaying the wood. Um, but underneath the crawl space is where all the issues are. That's where you can really help people. And, and that was one of the things my boss was always biggest about, about Orkin, is he said, I personally guarantee you, in order to be a good steward of this brand, if you don't take every telephone call that comes into this office as a call for help, you can't work here. Yeah, I mean, that is true. I mean, it is somebody's house and somebody's right. livelihood, and if it's being destroyed by a, a wood-destroying insect, you know, yeah. you guys are the people to call. Or so. even now in bed bugs. Do you realize Charlotte was ranked 19th in the country? No, but I heard I had a friend complaining about lice. Like they got they got lice. That's not the same. No, and and here's the thing between lice and scabies and crabs. When that I consider that to be stuff that involves the Department of Health and not us. Okay. Bed bugs aren't really on that list. Although when you when you read the chemicals that can kill those, they're, they're ultimately they're still pesticides. So, um, but yeah, I mean, lice are bad. I mean, my kids got them once from a Halloween wig. So God knows who put it on at the store. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but we got them and you're bleaching everything and running wow. everything on the hot That cycles. would be really disappointing, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so homeowners in South Carolina, what do they need to be concerned with? Obviously termites, what, what else? Um, I mean, listen, it, they have to have their own personal threshold behind the ants and roaches and spiders. The, the, but a homeowner's number one concern, if it, like let's just say they're on a slab, they're not gonna have moisture related issues on a slab. You know, their, their number one concern needs to be termites. And, and the thing that I really disagree with, and you and I had a little bit of chance to talk about Dow Chemical and, 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 and Agent Orange and the passing of my father. You know, the number one termite treatment that everybody is marketing right now is a Centricon baiting station around the houses, and they're great, and they're phenomenal, and the idea behind we just, we inhibit the molting process of the baby termites, and they can't turn into adult termites. By doing that, the population can, can't, they're not repopulating, and it's just dwindling and dwindling and dwindling down. The problem is, call that termite company, don't pay the bill. 
there's active ingredient in those bait stations and, and whoever the pest provider was has to remove them from the ground. So when you don't pay your bill, somebody's coming and taking your termite treatment away. Real termite treatments are chemical, they're bonded to the soil, they're at the foundation where the house touches the soil, and they're there for as long as they last. There are three-year treatments, soil treatments, non-bait, non-centricon like I was talking about. There are soil treatments that are good for three years, five years, seven, 10, 15. Um, that's what they need to be concerned about. When was my house treated? What treatment, minimum treatment specifications were not performed and why? And what was the chemical that was used? You know, I mean, the very first thing I did when I bought my house in TGK was, you know, bring my Orkin team up and, you know, treat it with the best chemical that's available on the market, the longest lasting, the safest for the environment. Um, but I don't have a termite warranty, but I can tell you the date and time and the amount of chemical that was used and how long it lasts. So I'm safe, probably for another 17 years, I would think. Really? It lasts that long? Mm -hmm. it, well, the new, the name of the product is called Termidor. I don't want to plug it. Um, but it, it's made by BASF and it's, I mean, it's a nerve agent for insects, for anything with an exoskeleton. It disrupts their central nervous system, they die. But it's also spread by contact. So it's about 72 hours to kill a termite that got exposed. By that time, he's talked to hundreds of other termites. They've passed, they've spread pheromones, they've also spread the disease they just picked up. So, um, you know, I was talking to our regulations uh, department is Clemson, the Clemson Regulatory. And, you know, I was talking to one of those guys who I became friends with down in Florence. And he was like, man, we're pulling soil samples from 12, 13 years ago. There's still 98 point some odd percent of the active ingredients still bonded to the soil. He's like, it's, it's going to be, a, you know, about a 20 year chemical. But all the labor in our industry doesn't change. The, the chemist, I can batch you up a termite treatment where I've got 13 cents in a gallon. Or I can batch you up a termite treatment where I've got $3.86 a gallon. A typical pest provider is going to go with the cheaper one. When you're organ trained, we had one approved termiticide. It was Termidor and it's the most expensive on the market by a long shot. Why? Because we were given lifetime guarantees. Something happens to your house, we'll fix it and retreat it for free. Because this is what we're using. And, and once you leave that industry, or once you leave a place like Orkin with that type of mentality and knowledge, you don't deviate from that. If somebody asks me now to use a cheaper chemical to get the price down, that's not what I do. Mm. You know, what is a CL one hundred, and why do homeowners need to know what that is? CL one hundred and the WDO, which is wood destroying organisms, or WDIR, wood destroying insect reports. Clemson changed the language. It is WDO. It is wood destroying organisms, so that it's insects and decay and hummingbird, or I'm sorry, woodpeckers and um, carpenter bees. It, it's just any type of wood destroying organism. And your it, it's it's more for the lender than it is for anything. The mm -hmm. lender wants that letter, so as an approval letter to lend. They're not going to lend on a house with an active termite infestation. They're not going to they're not going to lend on a house that has active wood decay, moisture related issues underneath it. It's it's literally the 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 lender protecting themselves. Um, you know, it, it's important because it is an industry professional, hopefully. Um, my WDO training was done through Orkin twice, and then I went and I took my entire staff, my sales staff, my termite staff, um, to a Clemson, an all-day-long Clemson event where that's all we did. 
um, was those reports and identifying wood and what damages this and what damages this and, and what insects did it and what is the frass, which is poop, what does that look like, so that you can start to identify what the actual problem is. Um, you know, but the idea behind it is to be able to get underneath of a house and identify what, if anything, is destroying the house. There, listen, there are a lot of clearance letters that go straight through. There are a lot of clearance letters that go straight through that probably shouldn't. You know, um, the buyer of the or the seller of the home should never be involved in that process. It's a conflict of interest. Yeah, no doubt. Um, no, that's the, good. Don't worry. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but listen, I was involved and, and, and ended up going to Clemson this summer. I just had a guy off of next door, TKK next uh -huh. door call me and say, hey, what would you charge me to come out here and check this guy's report? And I asked him who it was from, and he told me, and it's the nation's second largest pest control company. I said, absolutely, one of my old competitors, I'll be right over there. <laughs> Nothing that he documented was accurate. He's telling uh -huh. this guy he needs encapsulation and, and mold and mildew and fungus and decay treatments. I went underneath there, it was, it was like a dust bowl, dry as a bone, no, no fungus, no nothing underneath there. So I wrote up my own report, and he made an attempt to submit it to the lender, and they were like, "We can't accept this because you, right. you know, you hired him, and, and as a homeowner, you can't do that." And so then I made a copy of all my certifications and all my and, and everything that I've accomplished, and I said, "Send her that and tell her that's who it's from," and and they accepted. So, yeah. but the other guy was after a sale, and that's the problem. Yeah. You know, I don't go underneath the house looking to make a sale. I, I hope there's nothing to correct, but if there is something to correct, I hope I'm the one that's involved in it, or at the very least, they take my advice. Yeah. You know, if you I'm, call me tomorrow and said, what's the name of that chemical? I want to get a termite treatment. I said, except nothing less than Termidor. It's, it's, it's the right way to go. You know, I haven't had anything like that happen to me, but I would be very disappointed and upset if it had, like, it, it's like if, if it came across a situation like that. That's That's... That's just messing with people. To well, I, and this, I'll tell you a story. It happened in Bennettsville, South Carolina, with one of my salesmen down on the Florence operation. And the woman called the regional office and complained and said, listen, I had five termite companies out here to give me a quote. And your inspector was the only one that told me I had live termites. You know what my boss did? He called me. He said, get with your sales inspector. Go out to that house. If you don't find live termites, he's terminated. Because that's a scare tactic. Guess what? The other four companies missed it. We went there, there were live termites. Hidden behind a brick pier, going up in between a, the brick pier and the foundation wall and the brick. I, I scraped the tube, the shelter tube. Termites were falling out everywhere. Uh, so the other four guys missed it. We caught it, but she thought that we were the shysters. She ended up buying from us. Yeah. So That's amazing. That's the way it should work, right? right? You know, I mean, it's right. just... Right, uh, man wins. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. That's amazing, man. Um, Okay, so what are the most common types of pests that we're seeing in our area? I mean, we got termites. How many houses are affected by termites, by the way? Oh, I read a report one time from Clemson. It said if you have a house built and it's never had a termite treatment by the 40-year mark, absolutely 100% guaranteed it will have had termites. So it's typically, you know, here's what it's going where we're going to get hit. We're going to get hit in Lancaster County because of Sun City and all that other stuff, the building that's going on down there, because those were woods five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the state is very, very lax on what the builder provided pre-treat needs to be on a house. Um, the builder only has to provide the new homeowner one-year warranty, so that's all the pest provider does, so it's the most inferior treatment there is, uh, new construction. Um, but they treat the soil, right? Or no. What do they treat? The, they treat the house? Yeah. Uh, 
it depends on who you hire, but most of the builders, because I've been involved since I started Freedom Pest Services with some bids out there, they want boric acid at a 15% solution. The product name is called Timbor. Apply to the first 24 inches of all the studs. It's actually dyed green with a with, it's dyed green with a chemical or with a product called Locate Blue, and it's to let an, an industry inspector know that the wood was treated. So it's boric acid. It soaks into the wood, and it is a stomach poison for wood wood boring insects, especially termites that try and eat the wood. The problem is it's designed to be in, uh, applied to wet wood, and when was the last time you were at Lowe's? Every piece of lumber I looked at says kiln dried to 14%. Tin bore is most effective with wood that has a moisture content of 18% or higher. So is it really penetrating in? But that's all the builder has to provide and they only have to give the homeowner. So the, the real thing that needs to happen is a bunch of the new homeowners down there are like, oh my God, I'm with this company and they were with the builder and they're good and they've renewed me. They've renewed what? They didn't do anything. You know, they did a boric acid treatment of the first 24 inches of the, of the siding or the, the plywood, which is OSB, and the studs of the house. Mm. There's nothing up against the foundation wall to stop the termites from coming in. So, <laughs> but what was your question? What was the biggest pest? Uh, what are some of the most common pests that we see here in the York County and South Charlotte? Um, you know, fire ants uh, and mosquitoes. Yeah. God, mosquitoes. What's the best way to get rid of mosquitoes? Um, you know, honestly, clean gutters. Okay. Because there's not a pest provider out there that's getting up there and applying anything into your gutters or cleaning them out for you. And, you know, you take a little bit of soil and a thimble full of water and, and that can be a breeding ground for a mosquito. Um, so it doesn't take a whole, much to, a whole lot to create conducive conditions for mosquitoes. And the breeding process in the middle of the summertime is fast. It can be, you know full full metamorphosis from seven to 20 days you know and anywhere in between there the adults the you know the the, the wigglers in the water can turn into adults and fly off um, <laughs> the wigglers yeah. in the water um you know i think everybody especially based on you know two confirmed cases in york county for zika uh one last year and one the year before that one of them actually in tiga k you know spray What's yourself zika zika was it's uh it, it's, it's horrible to talk about just because of the terminology they used when it came out, but it, it causes very, very bad birth defects in pregnant women. The problem is, is that it's also sexually transmitted. So a man could get infected with Zika and his wife is pregnant. He could ultimately affect her and the birth defects are, are horrible if you Google it. Um, but listen, I mean, my daughter, you know, she's so allergic to, to mosquito bites. They look like a, a 50 cent piece when mm. she gets bit by one and they swarm around her legs. And, you know, I'm in the woods on the water on Lake Wiley. I, you know, I, so I treat my house every 30 days, winter, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, cause the idea is you also, you can, you can break the breeding cycle in the winter time too. If you can find, you know, the areas of damp soil, um, and get an altacid in there. Uh, an altacid is like an insect growth regulator. Uh, it, it just stops them from, being able to complete the metamorphosis, just like I was explaining to you, those centricon baiting stations stop the molting process in the termites. Um, you can kind of attack mosquitoes the same way if you can find the standing water where they're breeding. Um, and me being in TGK, ticks and, and, and fleas are horrible. And, and my wife has uh, her pit bull that she had before we got married, and I've got a German Shepherd. If I wasn't with the deer population that walks through my yard every day, so I do mosquito, flea, tick, and fire ant every single solitary month on my entire property. 
and it still doesn't keep it at bay. We mm -hmm. still had an issue back in December with fleas in the house. Now, we didn't know if that was from where we boarded one of the dogs when we went away to get married, but either way, we ended up with fleas. Yeah. So, but I, th I think mosquitoes uh, um, are the biggest pest and people that aren't near trees and, and have clean gutters typically don't have that big of an issue. But the more overgrown your property is not to mean that it's out of control, just the more trees. We, you know, it's three million degrees outside and the sun is blaring. Where's the mosquito? It's under the leaf. That's why the mosquito treatment is, is the mosquito blower, like a leaf blower, but it's an injecting insecticide and it's blowing up on the underside of the leaves and you know the overhang of the house and all the shrubbery that's around it. So it's almost like the more landscaped your yard is, the worse it's gonna be for you. But that's the easiest solution, it's the cheapest service. I mean, my mosquito services, I, everybody in TGK, because most everyone in there found me through next door, everybody in there is at 40 bucks, um, which is half of Mosquito Authority and Mosquito Joes, and most of those guys are out there saying, oh, you know, based on the breeding cycle, we need to be here every 21 days. No, no you don't, you just need to do a good job with the right chemical with a long residual and apply it with the right equipment. <laughs> I'd love to give them that exact line if they were pitching me every 21 days. No, you don't. No, 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 you don't. What about house flies, man? Or not even house flies, but just flies in general. Like last summer, we've got a, we got like a little swimming pool and a little pergola out back. But man, I bring a, a, some grapes or, or a snack outside and they're all over, man. How do you prevent that? You can't. That's, that's, that's one of those dangerous things. Can you control Mother Nature? If you don't want that blackbird to land on your deck, how are you going to stop them? It's a flying insect. It's going wherever it goes. Ah, flies are so annoying. I know. I know. They ruin so many. We're like, like trying to have it. So we started lighting like uh, tiki torches and stuff mm -hmm. and put them on the table. And that worked a little bit better. But man, it's like, get, get out of here. I'm trying to have my potato salad yeah. and my cheeseburger. You know, screen and porch. I, I, yeah. I, I have a screen and porch that looks out over Lake Wiley. I mean, we eat out there all the time. I'm going to have to do that. Man. It would just be a weird layout at my house, though. All right, business-wise, man. So I'm really interested... And why you went out on your own? It sounds like you had a good thing going at Oregon. What inspired you to drop all that, get the courage to start your own business and and launch this thing, man? It, you know, I didn't live an extravagant life. So financially, it was, although a difficult decision, it was easy. I wasn't worried about credit card companies calling me or car companies calling me for their payments. So I, it, that's what made it financially easy to do. Um, you know, the number one thing for me, and like I said, I had become a single father in 2009. I was raising my kids, you know, 200 miles away from their mom. And um, so, you know, I needed that job, but at the end of the day, I needed out of it. I talk to my children now and they talk about how they hated it, you know, and, and, and just on edge and everything that, that goes along with being an operations manager or being an executive. Um, all those stresses, stresses and all those pressures. Plus, I mean, the schedule, six days a week, you know, open the, open the shop at 6 a.m., close it at 6.30, you know, on call Saturday if your service manager doesn't answer your phone. Like, I got a call. I knew it was done two years ago. I got a call. I'm sitting down to dinner. My mother has an in-law suite at my house, and I invite her up every year. She spends May, June, and July with me, and then August with my brother in Delaware. Um sitting down dinner, seven o'clock, Sunday night, both kids, mom, dogs, everything, the phone rings, and there's a snake, a garter snake of all things, in the bakery at Publix. Well, number one, Orkin doesn't do wildlife. Number two, my phone rang. Number three, it's dinner time, and I tried to decline it, and that didn't go over too well. 
you know, I was on the phone with my region manager. I was like, we don't cover that. I'm not going. He's like, it's three miles from your house. Just make an appearance. That, that's kind of when I knew. You know, here it is, Sunday night. Yeah. I've already worked six days that week. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it, so for me, it was just, it was about living not a financially better life because it, it'll be a few years before I make the living I made at Orkin. Um, but it was about making, it, it, living a better life, you know, for me. Um, since I quit Orkin, I've been back in the gym every day. I haven't missed a day. Um, reconnected and married an ex-girlfriend that literally wasn't going to hang around if I'm on call 24 hours a day, if I'm working six, you know, six days a week, 13 hours a day. So uh, quit and help my love life too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man. So the kids, it's they were supportive, obviously. I mean, they thought... What fears did you have? I mean, did you have, did you have any really? I mean, you have the fear of success, but that's where I said, you know, if you ever want to go out as an entrepreneur on your own and the industry that you're going into, you are an expert at, man, it's easy. It's, and I get it. There's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, but I walked out that door with more confidence than anybody I know. Yeah. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't going to be an issue that I hadn't handled. Um, even even sometimes legal issues or, or you know working on an acquisition where you're buying another company or things like that there there wasn't going to be anything that I wasn't capable of handling or hadn't been trained to handle and that's that's the real difference for me it was I knew that I had the ability to start this business and then by word of mouth and by customer service and by results and being you know customer centric and you know, being a good steward to my own brand and that it would grow and it would take off. And, you know, the first year, um, you've got capital investments that you have to make. To make a profit on the first year is unheard of. Yeah. Um, you know, my customer base now, and I started, I kind of opened the door maybe April the 1st. By May, I was up and running where all my license and everything was all in my company name. Um, so to of hit, 2017? Of 2017. So to hit the ground running literally in like May, and have grown my business by 75 customers. I mean, I have 75 customers on the book now that are, have a schedule. I'm either going to start them in April when the mosquito season starts back up or I see them year round every 60 days. Um, if I do that again, I'll have an employee. If I can do it again, I'll have three. And, uh, you know, so the results, the results were there pretty immediately. Um, you know, and then I start my website and, and, you know, hope for traffic there. And then Yelp is calling and Google ads is calling and you, you ha kind of have to hit and miss and pick what you can afford to do. Um, and then you sponsor good events like, you know, the Joe Davis run for recovery. I mean, that's something near and dear to my heart. I've got addicts on both sides of my family. I love them all. I understand their struggles. I'll support them, you know, even by association, by doing something as small as the Joe Davis run. Um, but I didn't really have any fears. I, I knew that I was walking out the door at Oregon as one of the best of the best. And, and that's, like I said, that's not arrogance. That's, that's how we were trained, you know? And there's a million different measurables with Oregon. Um, and, and, you know, if you're good at 50% of them, you're a great manager. And, and I was typically good at 50% of them, if not more, you know, but especially, you know, on the employee side. So I knew how, I knew I knew how to treat people. I knew I knew how to treat customers and I'm responsive and, um, and empathetic when need to be. What was the first thing that you did when, the, you know, the decision was made to leave? You felt confident because you, like you said, you're one of the best of the best. But what was the first thing you did 
to establish your brand? I mean, like you, you coming up with a name and the logo and then... It's, it was actually the logo. It, my son and I, and we've, like I said, we've been deeply involved in cars for a long time. We built a Corvette for his senior year of high school, but for his sophomore year of high school, we beat it, built an old CJ7. I mean, jacked up, big tires, loud, big V8 engine, no top, no doors, just obnoxious. But we did it, we did it white, and we did it in a military theme, and that's where I got the star from for Freedom Pest Services. That was a military star. Um, and for me, it was easy. I mean, listen, I walked out that door to Oregon. That was my freedom. This company was my freedom. I, outside of that, it was a ball and chain. I mean, it, and not that, like I said, I, I liked every day of work at Oregon. Um, I, I learned to resent it, and and resentment and, and hatred leads to it, yeah, it can put you in a bad place in life. And uh, so you know, I mean, the decision was easy. I mean, it's funny because when you're in the position that I was at with Orkin, um, you know, your bonus quarterly, but then you get a year-end bonus, and that's paid out in March. Well, I happened to be in Daytona Beach for Bike Week in March when the phone dinged, and I looked and I saw the deposit for the year-end bonus had paid. I called my boss. I'll be back in the office on Friday. You need to be there. That was the day I quit. Hmm. So that was the church bell ringing. <laughs> All right. So uh, business-wise, what are you doing to help grow your brand? I mean, that's kind of you got word of mouth and your reputation, but uh, you've mentioned a couple of things like sponsoring events and Google and AdWords and stuff like that. But what are some of the things that you're trying to do to help spread the word? Um, I always ask for referrals. So I have my business set up where if you're my pest control customer and I'm doing your mosquito, for every person that you can refer me to that signs up for something identical to what you have, a recurring service with a, with a schedule, whether it be monthly for mosquito or every other month for pest control, um, you get a free service. So literally, I mean, I will go into your account and put the $60 credit right on the line. Um, so referrals are huge. Um, word of mouth. It, Listen, there are apps out there where people are looking to hire people. I bet if we open my phone right now and we went to my Thumbtack app, there's, since you and I have been sitting here, three people out there with pest control needs that are looking for bids and quotes. So, and my signature is, you know, 10 years as an organ operations manager, David Stive, uh, you know, owner operator and only technician for Freedom Pest Services, you know, 16 five-star reviews. And, and so I've done a, a lot like on things like that to get my name out there, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a pro now. They put this pro label on my, um, on my Thumbtack app um, because I maintained at least a four and a half star rating and I had at least 15 hires in 12 months off of there. Man, it's, you eat a cake one bite at a time. You run a marathon <laughs> yeah. one step at a time. And it's just, it's what you can do, just little, little bits and little, little pieces. I can't. Listen, at Orkin, we were spending $18 million a year with Google to be number one on the search ad. I, I can't do that. I can't yeah. even spell $18 million anymore. Not that, you know, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so it is. It's word of mouth. It's about staying local. The interesting part about it is, is that, and I have to protect the innocent here, there have been people um, at my level, below my level, and above my level that I've worked with that have said, what, have you, what are you doing? How did you do that? You know, how do I, you know, how could I do it? I'm like, man, it's real simple. Buy a black truck, put my reflective logos on it, start your own branch down there, just pay me a franchising fee. The advertising's done, the website's up, and all that stuff like that. Um, and I have a taker, and I'll be doing work in Florence very soon. That was going to be my next question, man. Big picture. I mean, you got the kids out of the house. You got this new wife. New wife. <laughs> you 
you know, you don't want to, I, I assume you don't want to get back into the trap of the grind, but you also have big ambitions and big goals. Like what's, what's the five year, 10 year plan? I mean, I, I know you don't want to, you mentioned employees earlier, so yeah. um, what's kind of the big picture scheme? I mean, I have, I have a monthly revenue figure in my head that I think I can handle without employees. Um, my wife, my current wife, not that there's ever going to be another one, there won't. Um, you know, my current wife is kind of in business development and I would love to get my business to the point where she's out there selling for me, developing my commercial side of this business every day where I can have a few employees, but I really want owner operators like this kid that I was telling you about down in Florence. Um, you know, he's never had a whole lot, but he was always very, very dedicated to me when I was down there and I kind of took him under my wing. Um, you know, great employee, good steward of the brand. Um, you know, I'd like to see him end up with 75 customers in a year because he gets to net, net all those rewards. You know, uh, the way I'm going to structure my franchising fees if I decide to do that, and it, and I, I couldn't see that going to anybody that I didn't know and trust already. Yeah, uh, I'm suspicious <clears throat> by nature, and and I will trust you, but I will verify. Ask my children. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, uh, wh which president? What's which president is that from? I don't know. trust, but verify. Who is that? Uh, I can't remember. I got that from my old boss. You heard me talk about <laughs> oh, him before because he, you know, he said trust but verify. He said the other thing is delegate, don't dump. And the only difference between the two is the one you actually follow up on. When you delegate, you follow up. When you dump, you don't care about it. Oh, you handle that. Yeah. Um, you know, so big picture, um, because I was involved in the acquisition process uh, a few times um, and understands the pricing structure of, of what some of the bigger pest control companies buy. I would like to build this to emulate those, you know, high customer retention, high employee retention, um, you know, low low exposure, low risk, uh, low termite damage claims, if any at all, low, um, you know, workers comp. Just keep it as, um, you know, keep it, make it a very solvent company. So, because my thought process behind it is, if I can be out by sixty two. You know, that makes Kelly 50, that's a perfect time to retire. And, and you know, my son may want the business, but if not, you know what, if I build it right and it's structured well and the documentation is there, because listen, as a private owner of a company, there are the, you know, the real books that hides cash and then the books that you tell the IRS about, that's the only book I'm, I'm, that I want in my life because that's the book I have to give to people that are interested in acquiring me with an acquisition. But so I'm, you know, 12, 13, 14 years, that's my plan. Um, I'd like to double my business every year for the first five. And then, um, you know, and then I think double digit growth, whether it be revenue or profit or customer base. And you, sometimes you have to pick or choose. It's expensive to grow. At, at Orkin, we were measured where you took your recurring revenue growth, which was your customer base growth, growth in dollars, and your profit margin, you added them to two. If you were 20, when you add those two together, 10% growth, 10% profit margin, if you were over 20, you were doing pretty well, you know, because that growth is expensive. So if I can double the business every year, you know, for the next three, four, five years, and then sustain that rule of 20 um, going forward, and, and that can carry me until I'm 60 or 62 or whatever it is, and I can be out the door and fishing down in Nacoma's Beach, Florida, where my mom lives, that's, you know, that's, yeah, that'd be good. that's the big, I just don't, you know, the worst part about that is thinking about getting old. I don't, you know, I'm 47. I feel like I'm 22, and I don't ever want that to stop. Yeah, well, that's good, man. If you're if you're 62 and you feel like you're 32, you'll be doing all right, and <laughs> well, you'll be retired. So, right. 
That's good, man. All right, well, dude, take us home, man. Let's spend another minute. Just remind us who you are, what you do, and then most importantly, how can people get in touch with you? Um, well, I'm all over Facebook, um, and it's Freedom Pest Services, um, freedompestservices.com. Um, so I have a website up. Uh, right now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of local to York County, um, but I've traveled. I've, I've been to Myrtle Beach for a termite treatment. I don't mind doing that if, if the money is there to offset the time. Um, you know, I've been to, you know, Florence for bed bug and termite and Charleston for termite and bed bug. I, I don't mind doing that. So I'll go wherever, you know, wherever the need will take me. Um, you know, but uh, it's, that's kind of how everyone can, can get in touch with me. Um, the telephone number is 843-637-9030. And, uh, I mean, I'm here to help, you know, I've done, you know, bed bug jobs for next to nothing, um, you know, for people that couldn't afford it. Um, same thing, you know, we got all got involved. We all chipped in at the, at the branch level for some students of, uh, some of the Rock Hill elementary schools that, that were living with a roach infestation that was really bad. And the school gathered up all this money. We gave it back. We went over there and did it as a branch training, and we probably killed three million roaches in that house. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I carry that forward. You know, what do they say? Pay it forward. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's you know that's the direction that we need to get, that I need to focus on and always stay focused. This is a customer service release, you know, based business. Um, what else was on there on the whole? <laughs> that was Take pretty much it, man. Yeah, you did a great job. So. Dave Stibe, Freedom Pest Services, man. Thank you for coming on the Jones on. I appreciate it. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.